0: Welcome to Level 7, Episode 104, World on Fire, Daredevil Season 1, Episode 5.
1: Welcome to Level 7, a podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place.
0: Hello, hello, hello. I am Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to talk about Daredevil, to talk about the episode World on Fire, or as I like to call it, Awkward Date Night. And I've been joined by my friend and yours, Agent Daniel Butcher. I'm just saying, not an awkward date, buddy. I'm smooth. You can be as smooth as you want, but... This episode features three pretty awkward dates. And I'm
2: just going to leave it at that until
0: we start talking about the episode. So uh, shall
2: we? Uh, I'm a little hot, buddy. I'm having a refreshing beverage. My lacrosse team destroyed a local rival 12 to one this evening. So that's
0: that's nice to hear. This is, of course, uh, we're talking about um, children's sports, right?
2: Yeah, there was crying.
0: Oh, they didn't, a lot of crying. They didn't
2: stop you from scoring or anything? I, I will say this. I, I don't know if you guys know this. I am a little loud. And at one point, it got really quiet. Really, really quiet. And then everyone heard me yell the word pass on the other side of the field. That's unfortunate, I guess. Hey, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just received a text, Ben, an important text. It's a picture of a banana cake, and there's only two pieces.
0: Yeah. I I wish I was recording that whole little fiasco that was happening in the butcher house uh, about the banana cake. But I wasn't. So we're just going to have to move on. All All right. right, To our opening statements. To our opening statements, because we have two recordings, Daniel. One from you, one from me, directly after we watched this episode. Um, when we originally were reviewing this series. And then from there, we'll talk about the episode in detail. We will have some listener feedback, a couple emails, and then we will give our final verdict. So we're going to start with our opening statements, and here we go.
2: Opening statements.
0: Daniel, the way I uploaded these onto my soundboard here, I am not sure which one of these is which. So I'm just going to pick one, and, and it might be you, it might be me. It could be Confident Daniel or Awkward Ben, because you and Ben, don't get along. Yeah, f- past me and and regular me, you know, it's Awkward Date Night. What can I say? Uh, tonight, All right, tonight, let's jump just into it. Another, gonna... another awkward time. Here we go. Hey, Daniel. Hello, future me. Uh,
1: it's me, Ben, past Ben, although it's present Ben for me right now and I'm calling about World on Fire, which was pretty much uh, literally uh, put on the screen. Uh, They are doing some good things with these titles, and they're doing some good things with themes, and things are now moving fast. That's my main impression that I get from this episode, is things are moving fast, and I'm enjoying the ride. Now, it's still brutal, but I'm 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 enjoying the ride. I have to say, it's what episode five, and I just realized that Madam Madame Gao I think is blind, like her workers. That like, I I didn't realize that, and maybe uh, don't laugh at me though, Future Ben. I mean, you didn't realize it until now either. So yeah, and then um, you know those uh those, those credits, man, they just. I watch those opening credits, and I've seen them five times now. It just makes my stomach feel better, you know? Ever since the beginning, where you just looks like that pep... Wait. Future Ben, you've pulled this joke already, have you? You probably did it in the first episode. You knew I was going to make this joke with this phone call, and yet you went ahead in first episode and already made this joke about Pepto-Bismol from the beginning. <sighs> Future Ben, I will get you. I will get you. You will fall, future Ben. You will... You just wait. Taking my jokes before I... Well, here's a joke I'm going to do before you do, I bet. And that is, you know what? They're going to try and cut off the head, but I can't help thinking. Cut off the head and two more grow in its place. I don't know if they're going to take down Kingpin by the end of this series, but I am very excited to go along the ride here, so...
0: Until next episode,
1: I uh, will talk to you later, Agent Daniel, and goodbye, future
2: Ben. Hey, uh, Daniel. Yeah, you know, it, past Ben, it, I don't. I can't even tell if you watched the episode. He seems more concerned with you.
0: Yeah, you know, he, he said that he liked the way things were going, and that he's and he liked the title, enjoying the ride, and and that it was still brutal. <laughs> but then he also said that Madame Gau was blind. No.
2: He said Madam Gao's workers were
0: blind. No, he said that Madam Gao is
2: blind. Who is this like, <laughs> Pass Ben is an idiot. Well, I've He's... often said that. Ah, he... uh, you know what? What was he Pat, thinking? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know. I've I've wondered that about Past Daniel when I've had conflicts with what it, how he felt about episodes.
0: Yeah, past Ben is getting kind of distracted I think on the whole time jump. I yeah, uh, I, I think past Ben maybe needs to stop calling in or something. <laughs> it's too late now. He's already called in for every episode.
2: But. You know what? Let's see if future Daniel can turn this around. Maybe give us some content about this episode you mean so past, we can do less work.
0: Past Daniel?
2: Yeah, past Daniel. Yeah. Past Daniel, future Daniel. I'm going to be honest, Ben. I don't really live in the future or the past. I just kind of live in the present. Well, let's Timey-wimey. Agent
1: Daniel here. I just got done watching episode five of Daredevil. World on fire. Things I love that I'm enjoying. Siskin Vanessa. Really, this was some good stuff. Their relationship. Her little smile at the end as they're walking away. Goosebumps. It was exciting. I mean, she is being chased, but she's also manipulating the man, for heaven's sakes. For heaven's sakes, man, you're being manipulated of foggy legal stuff um, definitely uh, definitely a good time enjoyed seeing that um, hmm, don't know how I feel about I um, don't know how I feel about the time spent the time spent between Time spent saying this sentence, Karen. It's most awkward date ever. I I mean, I was kind of shipping it. Now with the whole touching the face thing, it's like you're just kind of make space for Matt in your life, and he's busy. He's got a girl. He's got Claire. So don't know how I feel about that. Um, I don't. I do know how I feel. I'm not a fan of it. And uh, finally. Finally, um, uh, the thing is, Matt is being, well, he's giving me a cliffhanger. The palettes are all over the place. So I got to get going. I got I got TV
2: to
0: watch. He's out there by. So, past
2: Daniel is also trying to steal a little bit of my thunder, it seems like. Well, I'm not shocked. I do it all the time. But the thing is, you notice how I kept on task? I was clearly watching that episode, unlike. Past Ben. Past
0: Ben only had three minutes and got very distracted. Um, I'm not going to make excuses for him because he's kind of an idiot. I don't know what he's thinking about Madame Gal being blind, but um, yeah.
2: Was, was there shiny things around? I don't know, man. I don't know. I oh,
0: I'm. I have better notes now. Let's let's go with that. <laughs> Should we talk about the
2: episode? Let's go to our next segment. Yeah. Case evidence.
0: So, Daniel, here's how I would like to uh, proceed with the episode discussion I would like us
2: to discuss the three dates. You old romantic you. I am a romantic. You're just a hot mess when it comes to love, aren't you?
0: I don't know about that, but I'm definitely a, a romantic. And so I'd like to talk about our three dates. The three dates are Daredevil and Night Nurse or uh, Matt and Claire, as some people like to call them. Or as some people, you know, maybe we should come up with like a one of those names like Benefer or, you know. uh Oh, I, too soon, dude. Too okay. soon. All right. All right. Uh, and then we have um, Fisk and, and Karen, not Karen, Fisk and Vanessa. And we have Foggy and Karen. Now, um, they all end up at the end of their evening, uh, whether or not they're together or not is a different story. But each of these three dates at the end of the evening are basically um, they all end with the same event causing the the end to the date. But <laughs> a world on fire, you might say <laughs> you might We start with a world on fire and we end yeah. with a world on fire. So shall we begin? Let's do it. Who Dayton, would you like up. to
2: go with first? Let's go with Foggy and Karen's date, since it seems the the least big one. OK, well, Foggy and Karen's date begins uh
0: I had the law offices of, of foggy and Murdoch and there's some banter and everything like that. And they're all, you know, this is that thing that they do, you know, they, they get together and they start talking about, you know, jokey jokes. And usually they're not really funny, but they're written perfectly. It is realistic. You know, this is the way people who are kind of flirting with each other, joke together. This is the way friends who work together, joke together. This Works For me, anyway. And then, this week's case comes in the door. And it is Mrs. Uh, Cardenas. Cardenas. It's Mrs. Cardenas. And a man named Tully is trying to evict her and a number of her friends from their apartment building. It's a rent-controlled apartment building that they want to turn into condos. And so Matt decides, we're going to take the case. And Foggy is going to go with you. And Foggy is going to take... He's going to go to the law offices of whatever it was that they left because they're the ones who represent Tully and Foggy. Can't L and Z.
2: L you know, and oh, Z. That,
0: that's easy. Uh, L and Z. Uh, Foggy and Karen go together though because Foggy can't go alone. When Foggy gets there, he's confronted by a lawyer, a special lawyer friend <laughs> who, uh, is, is referred to later on as a meat grinder, but, um, she is brass brass, uh, brash. She's abrasive and she comes in as if she has the upper hand because she belongs to the law firm of L&Z but Foggy is not going to take any of her lip and he gives it back to her and takes the upper hand back, impresses Karen the way he handles her and then they go and visit Mrs... Cardinus? that am i saying that right i believe so like in the episode they're actually making a point of saying her name right or wrong is you know the, the evil people say her name wrong the evil people being marcy um and I, I the whole time i'm like i'm not gonna get her name right i'm not gonna get her name right so foggy impresses karen again with his knowledge of home improvement know-how and starts his helping, dad ran a hardware store it's true and his cousin does drywall and there's a plumber who owes Matt and Foggy a favor. And so they're going to help fix the apartment because what happened was, um, Tully sent some men to the apartments and they started destroying things.
2: So if I'm Karen mm-hmm. and I'm evaluating this date, I would notice that Foggy's both handy and from past episodes we know helpful around the kitchen. Yes. That boy could make yes. his own pickles. So speaking
0: of the kitchen, uh They finish you a nice, nice amount of work there. Get the water running again. And Mrs. Cardenas comes and she says, come sit, eat. You know, I'm going to be very hospitable. And I went downstairs because I don't have gas up here to run my stove. But I went downstairs. I cooked you guys something. Eat, stay. They think it's to eat with her. But she pushes them to the table, sets the food down, and she takes off and leaves them together. And basically now it is a date night and they talk and they banter. And Karen asks lots of questions, asks about Marcy, asks about Matt doesn't say much about her own backstory. Um, and then it gets awkward, really awkward. Uh, they're really getting along and they talk about how Matt touches people's faces. He gets to touch pretty girls faces and, uh, (laughs) uh, And Karen says, Foggy, Foggy, I want you to touch my face. <laughs> and it goes from cute and witty to just weird. I'm sorry. I just find this weird. Um, Matt, you- I've been. Ben, will you touch my face? I will not. I will not. Good, because I have touching issues. So it's awkward. It's awkward to him. He's like, what? And then he does, you know, touches, you know, you have to close your eyes and all this. And then the day ends. Your eyes. <laughs> Every now and then I touch your nose and there's a little zit and a little eye crusty in your eye. Um, I just made that up on the spot. By the way, could you tell? Uh, so then, you are a professional writer, Ben. <laughs> the date, professional ends,
2: writer, right there. Yes,
0: the date ends with a huge explosion that blows out the windows and knocks Foggy and Karen down, and they help Mrs. Cardenas, and yeah, there is the end of your evening. It went from fun to weird to downright destructive.
2: So also, Karen should put on her scorecard for the date. Soft hands she'd know because he touched her face, yeah i <laughs> I was with them the whole time
0: until that point, and re-watching it uh, recently I just my my mind went back to the first time I watched it. I don't know why I didn't talk about that
2: in my my call, but it just was
0: what I'm just saying what?
2: when I was a high school freshman, I was at a dance, uh-huh. And I was sitting there with a girl that I was friend- – standing there with a girl that I was friendly with, mm-hmm. and she made the comment that there was no one to dance with. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying we were romantically involved, but what was I? Chopped liver? And that's how I feel about this whole Karen situation. What's foggy? Chopped liver?
0: No. Because the
2: reason you're doing the whole t- pan t- face-touching thing is because of Matt. Yes, that's weird too. But, you know, it's <sighs> – What's the only reason you touch faces is because of Matt.
0: And that does make it very, very awkward. It takes it from awkward to very awkward because that's the other thing I'm thinking is, okay, you're asking me to do this because you seem to kind of like me, but you're asking me to do a move that belongs to my friend. (sighs) It's creepy. And Foggy's no chopped liver. He's not, and I don't think Karen thinks he is. I think that this we're we're seeing the relationship develop. I enjoyed, and I remember no, what I, what I mean being that surprised is he's at this relationship. Right there, but
2: yet, she's exploring the life of the other guy.
0: No, I'm with you. I am with you, Daniel. I don't think that she is with you. I don't think she realizes quite what she's doing when she's saying, "Hey, why don't you treat me like Matt would?" you know it just ugh it it's 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 not a very s- strong beginning to what could be a a very cute relationship um but you know there's more coming in the future with this with them there's more awkwardness for Karen and Foggy to have to get through so at this point though i'm liking the relationship i'm liking them together And I don't feel like this is a relationship that's getting pushed too fast on us as viewers. I feel like this is a natural progression. And I do feel like, I mean, the episode is this C plot for the episode is definitely structured around getting us to like them together and getting us to accept them together. It just takes that left hand turn into... Weird land. Weirdsville is where I was gonna go, but Weird Land, you know, Weird Land is, is better. It's bigger. <clears throat>
2: the man can make his own pickles. Come on, ladies, what else do you need from a guy? Makes his own pickles. I
0: I that's not a real selling point to a lot well, of you know it's but, a good
2: point. We don't actually know he can make his own pickles, we just know he's talked about making his own pickles. Yeah, I mean
0: he 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 keeps saying I could be doing this. You know, he could learn to make his own pickles. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is, you know, you shouldn't be saying, Hey, let's take your friend's thing and make it ours. No, you, you say, Hey, let's find something else that can be ours, that can be our thing. You know, I like pickles. Yeah, sure. Whatever, you know, but don't, you know, I, I, I I'm not going to get into anything personal, but I, You know, when I had a previous girlfriend and then we break up and I have a new girlfriend, I'm not going to say, hey, let's go to the same places and do the same things, you know, that we did that I did before,
2: you know, you should, though, because you would have totally known, like everything that was going on in that place. You could have been like super confident. No, you'd be like, yeah, over there is the bathroom if you need to use it, because I've been here before with another woman you don't need to include that you ruined the scene right there you ruined the whole mood ben well here's the thing karen thank goodness you're a married man
0: karen didn't even experience you know matt touching her face so again i accept almost everything about them and i'm enjoying them um knowing now what happens in the future with them it's a different story but at this point, I'm, I'm going back to that. and it's, it's well written, except for that one part. And maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. I think you agree with me. I agree with you. That's weird. But do you like them together? Do you like them as a couple here? Do you
2: like the I, date? I do, actually. I do like them as a couple. And when I say that, I'm really trying to go away from my comic book baggage with Karen Page. So I'm really not a big fan of Karen Page's character. Much like many of his girlfriends, but I'm I'm just I like them together. I just wish she wasn't lying to him or interested in his best friend. So
0: you think she's still interested
2: in Matt, dude? Tate face touching, face touching. See, I didn't.
0: That's not the way I took it. But now I'm wondering if that's if that's the situation there.
2: She's exploring Matt's world. That's the only reason to do that. But I Thouacakt- even makes the comment. That he doesn't like Matt to touch his face. He let him do it once, but it's weird. So she knows, Focky's not a fan of this.
0: Yeah, I just figured it was like, oh, you know, your friend Matt, he got to touch pretty girls' faces, well. No, no, no this is Karen, because to Karen's the a... one
2: who's pushy. Karen's not asking to be proven that she's pretty. She's asking him no, no, that's not to take I said. her into Matt's world.
0: I'm not saying that he's asking her to tell her that he she's pretty. I'm saying she's she's like, oh well, Matt got to do that. So here's your chance.
2: Nope.
0: Here, you know, let's let's because have because they didn't even point. make
2: the comment. No, no, no. They because they have this conversation about uh, her face, and Matt knows she's pretty, and he hasn't touched her face. He just knows. He wouldn't because need they're to like, how does Matt? Because, how does Matt know that? And she, he's like, I don't know. He knows. He's got that sixth sense kind of thing. He's got that sixth sense. So she, Matt's never touched her face. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, here's your chance to no, touch my no, face no. again. After your friend that's did. not
0: what I'm saying. It's more like, okay, you know, your friend has, you know, no. a He-Man action figure. Your mom sees that the friend has the He-Man action figure and says, "Would you like a He-Man action figure?" No. Yeah, that's what. It's but that's totally what I'm saying. It. Are you understand what I'm saying?
2: I I understand what you're okay. saying, but that's not what's going on. I, I'm I'm coming toward where what you're saying. Um, okay, then I'm gonna calm down a little bit and then let you finish my thought. Well, no, I mean I'm Karen's saying... Karen's creepy. Uh, that's how you finish the thought. You just say Karen's creepy. Yeah, but I'm... she should be with Foggy, and she's not, so she's not right. Well. I'm seeing this as the
0: beginning of a, of a nice little relationship. Um, we'll see what happens. Maybe I am an idiot again because of Madame Gao's blindness. Anyway. So, which date would you like to explore next,
2: Daniel? Let's, you know, I'm going to be honest and you'll be a little shocked by this. I kind of would like to go to Matt's. Ma- Matt's. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Matt and, Claire. and Claire's. Yeah. Now, Matt and Claire's date night ends early. All right. And that's part of the awkwardness. And so he has to go off on his own and and he ends the evening alone, but still gets the same explosive end. So things start, actually the episode starts at his place and he's brought her there because, um, they know who she is and she needs a safe place to stay. And she, th- we have a nice conversation here about superheroes and about the superhero, uh, you know, are you a billionaire playboy? No, I'm a lawyer. How does that work? Lawyer by day, vigilante by night. Um, talking about why don't you just go to the police? And he says, well, I wear a mask and I beat on people. I mean, this is this is kind of setting the stage for, you know, what do superheroes do and all that kind of thing. Um, and so he's he's saying, stay here, stay here. And again, we're seeing the beginning of this relationship here.
2: Okay, now Aunt Claire's scorecard. He's a little pushy about staying in my place early. I mean, could he be a little too what's the word I'm looking for? Clingy?
0: Maybe. It turns out later on, he does need her though, and we'll get to the the kind of he needs her for things other than um, patching him up. This this goes down to his his blindness that that he needs some help with something, but um you know, this is where we get the line about cutting the head off the snake. And she mentions the name Vladimir as someone to to go after. Um, But we also then get a vision of what he experiences. Uh, She says, you know, what do you see? Uh, and, And he, this, we get a lot of explanation about his powers here. It's more than just five senses and he can sense micro changes in air density and he says that um, that his power has heightened things like balance and direction and you know, basically making it plausible that he could jump through the city the way he does because he's able to have sense all these other things to the point where, you know, he's able to navigate places
2: better than a person who, who has sight. Um, What's interesting, and I don't think we've talked about this much in the comics. He even talks about things like air pressure.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 cool. It's a it's a it's that semi plausible, almost pseudo scientific answer to how the superpower works. And I feel like they're giving us some plausible answers, but they also give us that one quick view of Claire and what he sees. Because she she asked him, what is it uh you know, what does a microfracture sound like? You know, talking about you know her bones. He says it sounds like an old ship. Um and she likes that. But then she says, you know, what do you see when you see things? And he says it's like a world on fire. You know, as he's taking and absorbing all of this sense data that's coming, uh that's that's coming to his skin, that's coming to his ears, that's coming to his nose. Um and and then we see it briefly, and I don't remember if we really see much more of this effect. But, I think we'll see it once more. But this is not like the Daredevil movie. This is not like the Daredevil comics. No. Nope. Uh this is not like you know any any other visual. Uh, although maybe Trial of the Incredible Hulk didn't take us there. I can't remember but, now. But it would just it be shows fair us to say what? that
2: it's it's MCU'd, Daredevil Vision.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So it, I find it interesting. I find it compelling. Um, I'm glad we don't spend a lot of time there. We don't need to. We we can accept it based on the explanation and this one little glimpse. And uh, you almost get the impression that they have to show us here because of that title and because of that phrase, world on fire. And we start, like I said, we start with a world on fire and we end with one. So can we talk about the elephant in the room here? Sure. I wrote this in my notes. I'm writing down, you know, impressionistic painting. Although I was trying to read my, my handwriting and I was trying to figure out um before I rewatched the episode, I was looking at my notes and why did I write down impressionistic pointing? Like was someone doing impressive pointing? And then I got to the line in the episode. Oh, painting, impressionistic painting. And then as they're talking, I remember writing, and here it is, I wrote, don't kiss, exclamation
2: point. Oh, I was so excited they kiss. And they kissed is my next line. Dude, I'm shipping this hard. Are you really? Oh, yeah. I love the two of them together. That's why I'm probably pretty negative towards Karen is because I love Claire and Matt. And I think part of the reason I do is because in the history of Marvel comic books, Matt has horrible – Horrible choices with women and horrible luck. And Karen page is part of that. And I think we all know from the situations going on here, we we know, we don't know all of Karen's backstory, but we know she's a liar. You know,
0: she can give the impression that she's a lying liar who lies lies. Yes. Yes. So,
2: so I don't really want Matt with her. And I do think that Claire, and even before this episode, makes him better the whole scene on the roof you know you don't really want to be doing it this way she makes him a better person and a better hero so i love claire i do i think she's a great addition to the show i think that it's probably the best match i've ever seen ever ever seen for Matt Murdoch, and and this is coming on a week, and we we didn't really talk about news much this week, or at all. We're a week in which we know that they cast Electra,
0: yeah, yeah. And
2: I, I'm less excited about the casting of Electra, and more exciting about the fact that Rosaria Dawson's coming back for season two.
0: I guess I'm not shipping them at all. I do agree with you that Karen and Matt, no, no, they're, they're wrong. They're wrong for each other. They're they're. I I, I don't want to see that happening and I don't feel like we are going to see that happen. Um, But I I have, I wasn't rooting for, for uh, Matt
2: and Claire. Uh, But you know what I mean? When you talk about an actual honest relationship between two people and you and I have talked about this some, we're both married men. And the thing about both of our wives is neither of our wives are like into the exact same things that we are. And, it's not like every interest that we have is shared, but I think from the conversations that we have both had, including on this program, the thing that really stands out about our wives over and over again is they make us into better people. And I feel like that's what Claire's doing. She's making Matt a better person. She's challenging him in all the right ways. Where if you look at the foggy Karen relationship, they're flirting They're at that stage where they don't even know each other well enough to really be making each other uh, better. But Claire makes Matt a better person and a better hero.
0: Well, we'll just have to see where that goes, okay? Because, yeah, uh, we don't want to talk too much about future episodes.
2: See, you may be a hot mess about love, but I'm passionate about it. I can't say that I am, but I will
0: say that uh, the relationship is a good relationship. I just would prefer to see it as a uh, a platonic friendship. And, and, you know, this kind of goes back to black widow and Hawkeye back in the day before we knew the Hawkeye was married. You know, I wanted to see that brother slash sisterhood, not brother, sister relationship, but that brotherhood between the two of them or sisterhood between the two of where it's a a tight, tight bond of friendship And because we don't have to, it doesn't have to be romance just because we have a male and a female who are, you know, build, you know, top billing in the, in the credits on the screen together. Doesn't have to happen, you know, but friendships are harder to write.
2: I I will grant that. Anyway, they fit well together. If anything, what is Karen? Get, what what's not Karen? What's what's night nurse getting out of Matt right at the moment? <laughs> Other than <No>. personal safety,
0: <laughs> well, there that is pretty huge. But you know, I'll I'll agree with you that they fit well together. Again, I just didn't want to see it turn into a romantic thing. In my notes, I write don't kiss, and then what happens? They kiss.
2: See, and I love the kiss. Well, you can go
0: ahead and and love that kiss. I'm gonna be over here not loving it. So, uh but i think we agree on the the end result of the positivity that w- that should come out of this relationship between the two of them romantic or otherwise um claire does serve a very important purpose and matt needs her in his life especially if he's going to be daredevil so speaking of daredevil he leaves her uh in his in his place for a little while so we can go out and we get this scene with the delivery man. Uh, he's in a Russian taxi. He is one of the blind um, messenger delivery boys uh, sent out by Madame Gao. Um, this is a hard scene. It's kind of shot again, kind of like a horror movie. Um, this poor guy, I don't know how he got to be a part of this uh, setup, this situation. the situation. The, I'm talking about the, the delivery boy, um, but the Russians go inside to get some stuff for him and this camera is just kind of sitting in place in the passenger side, back seat of the taxi and it's turning, and it's turning slowly and the delivery man is, is singing a, a song. And, um, and as we turn the camera, we, uh, it, it sweeps past him and follows the Russians as they go inside behind the cab turns or keeps going spins around and all of a sudden daredevil is in front of the car spins around some more daredevil is gone the russians come back and then he comes out of nowhere starts attacking them we get it's that sweeping movement again similar to what we got in that big fight scene at the end of that uh, the episode where it was that one one take kind of dolly down the hallway kind of thing um, until the messenger gets shot is a stray bullet they aren't shooting at him but he's in the direction they're shooting and oh it's it's hard it's harsh especially if this guy is doing the job that he has because he's been forced into it some way which i don't think that someone would volunteer maybe i missed something but i don't think someone would volunteer to be made blind and run drugs i i I just don't see uh A real, you know, positive to come out of that
2: arrangement for you. I think that's a real open question that we'll have to maybe explore at a later time, buddy.
0: I think you're right, because I can't remember if they do get into that.
2: But I think they do. Spoilers.
0: Uh, The spoiler here is when when we come back to that episode um, and I rewatch it, then I'll,
2: I'll
0: be like, oh, hey, past Ben's an idiot. Anyway. it's like
2: a broken record that keeps playing again and again. <laughs> it is.
0: So, Matt continues to um basically uh, avoid his his date. Uh he goes then to to Foggy and Karen, their banter, he's a part of that situation with uh Mrs. Cardenas, and then he goes to the police to find out more information about Tully. But while he's there, he overhears a Russian mobster get murdered by police because he gave up Fisk's name. And there's some cool stuff here, too. Uh, One of the things I like is that when he starts realizing something bad is happening, he gets up and starts to run toward the situation just a split second before the gunshots and a split second before the police start to react to go in there. But... Uh, yeah, he it's it's a again, another harsh scene, not as difficult to watch as as when uh just out of nowhere, the delivery guy gets, gets shot. But yeah, there's a Russian mobster. They are shaking him down. It's our two police officers that we've seen earlier. Um If there's any doubt that these guys were not on the level, there is no doubt <laughs> no anymore. Doubt. They're pushing and pushing and pushing. He finally gives them a name. He, he brings it up, though. He says, I'll give you a name if you give me, you know, my freedom. And they say, well, what's the name? And once he gives up Fisk's name, <laughs> you get this little, little banter back and forth. Whose turn is it? It's, it's your turn. I, I took it before. And so one cop punches the other cop. When the cop gets punched, he yells, he's going for my gun. And then he gets shot. The, the Russian mobster who was cowering in a corner, not going after <laughs> A gun. It's like a whole
2: routine that they've done before. Oh, but yeah. really his fatal flaw mentioning the name.
0: That that's really it. I mean, as soon as that came out of his mouth, they're like, okay, this guy can't live because if you give it up to us, he'd give it up to someone else. And we do, you know, I, I don't want to cut too much over to, to Wilson, but um Wilson Fisk and Wesley have, do discuss this and, and talk about how it's getting cleaned up and taken care of. And it's very fortunate that no one who wasn't already in their employee or you know, on the books for them was, was in there. They had the two guys who were working for Fisk in there. We'll come back to that date momentarily though. So from there, um, <laughs> daredevil then uh, waits. One of those cops who was involved in the shooting there comes outside Daredevil comes out and my original notes here are written. It just says more bones broken. He attacks, tortures and interrogates the police officer to find out information about what you're good. guy kids. Yeah. What's going down. And this is going back to, you know, the questions that night nurse has been asking him though, where, or will ask him, I should say, um, you know, about, crossing lines and and what are you willing to do and, and whatever it takes I'm yeah. batman <laughs> protect my city because i'm the arrow so he doesn't get any information but he does get a phone and this is this is it this is what i was talking about this is a nice usage of the fact that he is blind he can't read the display
2: on a phone well and it's a nice little weakness to see yeah yeah now in the books he does read books in the comic books he reads books because he can feel the difference in texture between the print and the page Mm -hmm. but you know this is a modern world there is on the screen of your phone no difference in texture
0: or in heat or anything like that there's nothing that gives the impression of the shape and now he has his phone that speaks to him and I'm sure has braille on it and, and that kind of thing. But this is some random guy's phone and now it's a burner as well, um, which means he can't really use it to track any information, but the messages that the guy was getting have the addresses of the Russians, the Russians. And so now Daredevil has their locations in the city. Nice. Uh, but this is those questions of what, what are you going to do? Whatever it takes. You know how that sounds? That's Claire pushing. Someone has to be the, give him the pushback. He's in this alone until he comes across Claire. And Claire is a healer. Claire is the person he goes to to find physical healing for his wounds that need stitches and the like. But she's also pushing now for some. Um, not emotional healing, but, but almost spiritual healing to push and ask these questions of, is this right? You know what that sounds and he how that sounds. And he says, like you said, I need to be the man this city needs. And she tells him that he's close to becoming what he hates. And he leaves Boom. her. He leaves her on that note. This is where the date gets awkward. Okay. So
2: on the scorecard. Doesn't listen, doesn't stay around, and can leaves, hear your bones breaking.
0: And leaves angrily
2: and, you know, with a snippy little maybe you should go kind of thing. So, but if they were sharing a bed, he'd likely notice that she stopped breathing in the middle of the night. Yes, that might wake him up. Yeah, because he wouldn't get that white noise effect anymore. Yeah. It'd be very jolting.
0: So for foggy and Karen date night gets weird and awkward when she asks him to touch her face for daredevil and night nurse, the evening gets awkward when he starts acting like Batman (laughs) and I'm Batman or, or arrow. As you said, (laughs) I need to be the man the city needs. And, and she calls him on it.
2: Man, that Arrow show took a weird, just weird turn, man. <sighs> so, what does
0: Daredevil do? He goes to one of the addresses on the phone, and what happens? Well, he does some beady beady. Uh, <laughs> I like to call it fighty fighty. Fighty fighty. Yeah, I was going with the more of a Twiggy from uh, Buck Rogers beady beady beady. But um, he beats up some Russians, and then boom. That place goes up in flames. You might even say that part of the world is on fire. Yeah, not a good date night. And how does it end for him? <laughs> well, he is mad. He is mad that Claire is hurt. Because that's one thing we didn't talk about is we, we start this episode with her looking at her wounds in the mirror. And when they kiss... And she breaks off the kiss and she says something like, you know, I wondered if you were ever going to do that. Um, but then she just
2: yeah, briefly, I did
0: too, she briefly licks her, um, cut lip. I don't know if you noticed that at all, but right after they break away from the kiss, she, she kind of like touches her, her, uh, the cut on her lip with her tongue. And it's a nice little, to me, it's a nice, nice touch to the scene, but, um, he tracks down Vladimir. Who is still alive, who made it, you know, live through the explosions, and he starts beating down on him, and then he, he says, This one's for Claire. And his fist goes up, and the sirens are heard. The police are there.
2: So they that's a really, really up. bad into a date on your scorecard, Claire. Police involvement.
0: Uh, On your scorecard, Claire, he's beating up people that you don't approve of him beating up people. And now he's getting ready to beat one up
2: in your name. So here's my problem. I really like the Claire and Matt relationship. I like the dynamic. But I really feel like on that dating scorecard, Matt's not doing well. No,
0: no, he's doing far, far worse than Foggy, far, far worse than Karen. We'll find out if he's doing worse than than Vanessa and Kingpin. But of all of our contestants here on this dating show, do you remember watching those
2: late night I television. Did. There wasn't much on. We're not saying the word whoopee enough.
0: Yes. Yes. But on on your scorecard there, he is very, very clearly the the loser of of our date night here. He doesn't listen, leaves in a huff, goes, beats up someone. When your girlfriend doesn't even want you to really to do that, and you're doing it in her name, you know, that's like you know finding your your friend who belongs to Peta and saying I'm going to buy this fur coat for you. It's, it's just not going to go over very well. So, but yes, great, great dramatic cliffhanger ending, great. Dynamic with the relationship, even if I don't like the romantic end of it, it's a very important relationship for Daredevil to have. And then you see the way he treats her. Uh, He's pushing her away because she's giving him answers and uh, and uh, questions that he doesn't want.
2: And that's that's not helpful. She's calling him out on his stuff. Yes. So
0: any more to say about Claire and Matt? Man, I really like Claire. I, I want to put this out there. We don't ship things very much, Daniel. When it comes to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we, hey, don't, girl. <laughs> we don't ship things. We don't really get into the whole who's with who and that kind of thing. But I am very, very curious from our listeners. Uh, are are people wanting to see Foggy and Karen get together? Are, are people, when they were experiencing this show and binge watching or whatever they were doing, because uh, I don't want to spoil ahead uh, other than to just ask, did you like the Karen Foggy dynamic? Did you like the Matt Claire dynamic? And did you like the, the Wilson Vanessa dynamic? Um, which that's our next date. So are you ready for that? Let's go. Well, Daniel, whenever you're getting ready for any kind of date, you know, you've got to get ready. You've got to prepare your your body. By taking a shower so you don't smell, you do your hair, you put on some cologne, some deodorant, you shave, you do all those things. You also might clean out your car because you don't want to have, you know, McDonald's cups on the seat. It's like you've seen my car. Or popcorn, crumbs on the, you know, the floor. Uh, And and you definitely don't want blood or brains on the running board. You know, it's just, you just don't want that. You know, you've got to take care of that. No icky things. Right, right. So we start out this date with actually, you know, Wes is is Wilson's Fisk's uh, wingman and, and Wes has some things he has to take care of before he comes to help Fisk with with the date. And he, he goes and talks to the Russians. They don't know about um, the brother of Vladimir's brother. They don't know he's dead yet. They are going to find out momentarily.
2: Well, if, everybody's asking, where is Vladimir? Everyone's asking. Well, not Vladimir. Vladimir's brother. Yeah. Even, even Wesley, which is a Russian sounding name that I can't remember. Wesley. I, I wrote in my first notes,
0: uh, where he walks in and says, where's your, where's your brother? We found him. And then my, my note is, Oh, Wesley, not a good place to be, but Wesley's good. Wesley's good. And they planted the mask on the body. So they have given the Russians a great distraction, which is explained at the end. That The whole thing of the, the you know, letting them find the body, letting them think it's Daredevil. It's a distraction as they prep to do the ultimate plan against them. After that's done, we go to a meeting with Owsley and Madame Gao and the other guy and Fisk and Wesley and they talk about the new arrangements. And right away, there's a couple of interesting things that happen here. Fisk admits to killing Vladimir's brother. Like he just says it straight out. I uh, maybe no one can find him because I cut off his head with a door. And, and this, in fact,
2: it's getting cleaned over there. Yeah. And Holsley is freaking out. Internally. I want to show you the quality of this detail work here at the garage. <laughs> that is human. They get it right out. So he comes out with it right
0: away he owns up to it i was surprised by that the other thing i was surprised by though was how unsure of himself and out of control the situation fisk seemed to be to me he comes and he's stammering a little bit and he's you know having to think through his answers and you get the impression this is fisk before he's kingpin i guess He knows all the stuff he's going to be doing and that he wants to do and he has plans. But I don't know about you, Daniel, but I get the impression that this guy is just not – he's not the guy who can plan ahead and be ready for any contingency. He's got to make it up as he goes along. He's got – he's not the perfect kingpin yet. Is he acting? I don't know. I don't think so, though. I, I I don't know. I don't know. So then he, call, he calls the Russians too unpredictable. And Owlsley says this from the guy who has uh, taken a head off with a car door. Um, but basically, the, it comes down to this. We're going to cut the Russians out. They're done. They're no longer a part of our, our arrangement. And this rising tide will raise all the boats. And we're going to stop splitting five ways and start splitting four ways, even though... Fisk is taking on the added responsibility of transporting the deliveries. Distribution. Yes. Um and, and that was because, you know, Aliceley was worried, you know, you're gonna be doing more, so you're taking their cut, right? Nope, not taking their cut. We're keeping the status quo as status quo as we can. So then we get the whole situation with the police and the murder and all that stuff. And this is where Wes, he's good wingman, You know, I'm taking care of it. It's the police are investigating, but our guys are, you know, taking care of the investigation. And Oh, by the way, here's the wine you should get. Go have fun with Vanessa. And so well, give me
2: good wine advice.
0: I, I don't give you good wine advice because I don't know that much about wine. So,
2: oh, maybe we need a Google.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, Fisk doesn't need Google. He has Wes. Oh, good you friend. Know, you know, he picks up the phone. He doesn't have to say, Siri, tell me what's a good wine. He just picks up the phone and says, Wes, tell me a good wine. So he goes and he has, uh, he sits down. He's got, he's got the place to himself with Vanessa and right up, right away. We get some similar dynamics between the other two dates. Vanessa is questioning Wilson. Uh, Vanessa gives more information than Karen did when she was questioning Foggy. Um, Vanessa pushes Fisk to points of feeling uncomfortable in some ways uh, when she talks about her love life and and those kind of things. Um the other thing that I found interesting is Vanessa says, I've been lied to by men. Are you going to lie? And basically Fisk says no and she says, Okay. And that's that. But uh he proves it over and over and again. He could say, I like this wine, but instead he says, My friend Wes Wesley. He told me So to
2: scorecard get. honesty. Honesty.
0: Honesty is it goes it goes a long, long way. Meanwhile, uh, Turk goes to talk to the Russians and tells the Russians that, you know what, this was not Daredevil. This was Fisk, and they are going to go to war against Fisk. And they say, you tell your friends, Turk, tell your friends that there's a million bucks for anyone who tells us where Fisk is, which is a nice, you know, that's a tempting offer. And so Turk says, I'm going to do it. I'll be back, man. A million bucks. I'm on it. Back to Vanessa and Fisk, though. I wrote down the words weirdly compatible. He's charmed by Vanessa. Um, you know, and he he's talking about his dreams, and he's talking about his vision, and she's talking about how she knows the kind of man. That he is, and there's this verbal sparring, and, um, she says, I brought a gun. And ends up giving him the gun. As, as, you know, proof that she trusts him. So, yes. Scorecard, Daniel. Honesty. What does that breed? It breeds trust. Aww. Yeah. And, it's there's some good stuff going on here. You know, he talks about I've done things I'm not proud of. I've hurt people and I'm going to hurt more. Um, he talks about how the city is not a butterfly that's going to get into a cocoon and come or not a, a caterpillar is going to get into a cocoon and come out a butterfly. No, it's crumbling. It's it's crumbling and fading and it's going to it has to die in order to be reborn and she is in, she's okay with it. She's not going anywhere. And then for me, the the, the awkward point is the gun, you know, where she has to decide, well, what am I going to do with the gun? And she gives it to him. That That's the awkward point. But it's really, I mean, as far as awkward dates go, this is the least awkward of the three. But it ends with the same. She does talk about. She does talk about her <laughs> ex boyfriends. She does. You're right. That's kind of awkward that, there at ooh. the beginning. Still less yeah. awkward than Foggy talking about Matt's ex girlfriends. You know that he doesn't really have a relationship that lasts more than a couple months.
2: Well, it doesn't help that he then has sour grapes. Who, Foggy? No, no, Fisk. Wish I ain't something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Again, I I just, I get the impression that he's not completely sure of himself. And if you're talking about Claire pushing Matt in the right direction, I think in some ways Vanessa is kind of pushing Fisk to become more sure of himself. And we'll get to that later. What's the culmination of that relationship? But yeah. So date night ends for them. I get a little worried because in the background, you see a guy making a phone call. We just had that call go out for a million bucks for whoever can find out where Fisk is. Um, but it's actually, you know, the guy is he's working for Fisk. Turk is working for Fisk. Everybody's
2: and working for Fisk. I'm working for Fisk,
0: dude. Everything that is happening that night is it is under control. It's been planned out. And, you know, Turk was part of the plan. The guy on the phone was part of the plan. The bombs We're part of the plan. The bombs go up, uh, while Fisk and Karen watch.
2: Fisk and Vanessa.
0: Ah, Fisk and Vanessa. I've done that twice now. This episode, while they watch the bombs go off, and you just get this feeling like you know he says, you know, the city needs to die before it can be reborn. You know, where is the safest place to be? By my side is the safest place. Watching this
2: beautiful fire. Yeah. Wilson sets a romantic atmosphere. Put that on the list.
0: He says, you know, those men who stole Wine, the boy. Fire.
2: Yeah. Marshmallows are just the only thing needed.
0: He, he, and he makes promises, too. And, and he acts on them. He says, you know, those men who kidnapped that boy. That's those men. Those men who did that will no longer infest this city. Good. And she approves. She approves. So yeah, their date ends as they walk away. And as past Daniel said, she has that little smile. They film them incredibly. Uh I'm reminded of Fight Club, actually, the end of Fight Club, but they film them looking out over the city, and you can see her reflection in the window. And that's how you see her, her expression as they're they're having conversation about it these explosions and yeah. So there's our three date nights, Daniel date night one, two, and three. Which of our couples do you think uh, deserves to win the uh, all expenses paid trip to
2: Disneyland? And well, I'm I'm looking here at my scorecards. And again, I, I came from the female perspective as I did my grading and judging, but for honesty and romance, the winner is Wilson Fisk.
0: Also you have to say I mean there there is something for the fact that they both left the date together on their own two feet you know without yeah that's like a good thing crashing down around them or without you know being surrounded by police telling you to put your hands up Good so. date Wilson Fisk you win again you sly criminal you boss. beautiful yeah. man Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts here about
2: this episode? It's. it's, Yeah. yeah, I got a thought. You're not going to like it. Okay. This episode was really slow. Well, I don't like that thought because I had the same thought. It was really slow. It's hard for me to stay engaged. And maybe in our post credit, we can talk about my viewing experience.
0: Sure. Let's do it. Or you could talk about your viewing experience of this episode in our discussion of the episode.
2: No, it's really not relevant. <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, let's move on then to our our uh,
0: our witness testimony, is I think what we're calling this, uh, which is our our listener feedback. Here we go.
2: Witness testimony.
0: All right, Daniel. Let's see. Let's get our emails up here. We only have two emails, actually. And
2: I, about I'll be this surprised. Episode what agent evan he's stuck to it i keep waiting for him to walk out and i would have thought after the last episode he was done
0: yeah it definitely felt like that and and actually our other email because we got email from agent evan but the other email from agent diana um kind of addresses the idea of people leaving the episode after or leaving the series after that episode but um where would you like to start would you like to read agent evan or agent diana
2: I'll read Agent Evan. Okay, go for it. I'll just comment on a few things that stuck out to me. First off, I love the cinematography. During the cab scene in the beginning with the rotating camera, I'm always impressed with a director or cinematographer can pull off a long, unbroken shot that keeps the viewer interested. The fight scene directly after that caught my eye, too. The stunt work on the show is amazing. Daredevil does a ton of horizontal spin kicks. It's a fighting style that seems to set him apart just a little from the type of fighting we usually see in the MCU. Lastly, I think the chemistry the actors are generating between Foggy and Karen is really great. It seems very natural and engaging. Loving it. Agent Evan. Again, I'm glad he's still here.
0: Yeah. And he brings up cinematography. That is something that is a definite huge strength in this Daredevil series. And part of that, I wonder what kind of schedule they're working under, uh, compared to a weekly series where with, with this series, you, you get the impression that there's just a little more time spent on each shot and a little more artistry <laughs> spent. Uh, and, and I think that toward the ends of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. there, at the end of the season, season two, it's almost like they said, oh, time to start playing catch up here. You know, we, we can't let Netflix uh, show us up here. And I think we're going to see Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, kick up their game a little bit, too. Not that it was bad. I mean, there was good cinematography going on with with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but with Daredevil, I mean, I feel like we're getting little mini movies in, in some of these cases. And I would agree. All right, I'll let you do Agent Diana. Subject, Daredevil feedback from Agent Diana. Greetings, agents. I just wanted to chime in to agree with Ben about In the Blood being a defining episode when most people were either turned off or turned on by this series. That was definitely the case for me. While I enjoyed the first three episodes, it wasn't until episode four that I realized how truly special Daredevil is within the MCU. If the saying, a story is only as good as its villain, is true, then I think Daredevil is the best story Marvel Studios has ever produced. Fisk is just that great of a villain, even without superpowers, high-tech weaponry, or even sinister plans for the world outside of his small neighborhood. He's more terrifying than every other villain we've seen in the MCU. And the fact that the writers accomplished that without ever making Fisk seem cartoonishly evil is a really impressive feat. Though the show never managed to make his plan to make his city a better place through organized crime feel credible to me, I still found Fisk incredibly sympathetic. His shyness with Vanessa, his friendship with Wesley, and even his nervousness around Madame Gao did such a great job bringing humanity to his character. Over the course of the series, I found myself caring as much about his relationships with Vanessa and Wesley as I did about Matt's relationships with Foggy and Karen. Ooh, Daniel, I just had a thought. Okay, back to the email, though. I normally avoid shows and movies with a lot of graphic violence, but I think Daredevil makes very good use of its violent content. Even at their most gory, the fight scenes feel purposeful and necessary instead of gratuitous. They tell us more about the characters involved and the crisis crises they face than dialogue ever could and the scenes in episode four were great examples of that that horrifying scene with fisk and the car established him not just as a dangerous mob boss who needed to be stopped but as someone we should all fear at a gut level the sound effects in that scene were particularly brilliant because they made the brutally because they made the brutality inescapable you could turn your head or close your eyes but it wouldn't diminish the horror of the moment. Thanks for all your hard work on the podcast. Diana. Daniel, I had a thought. Okay. You want to know what that thought was? Just reading this, the way she's describing things. um, You you have Matt's relationship with with Claire and you have Fisk's relationship with with Vanessa. Uh, But Fisk and Wesley, in a lot of ways, are are like the uh, um, image or not necessarily a mirror image, but... A reflection of Matt and Foggy. Ooh, I nice choice. That. That's a that's an interesting idea here. But um, anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's too much to add to the email there. that pretty pretty much covers uh, covers it. I, I like the kind of not well. I like the way that the the violence is is described here and and its use and. Uh, What do you think about this thought of uh, Fisk being the greatest
2: MCU villain? Well, by the time we're done, he's going to have a lot of screen time. So that's going to help his case. I mean, he's going to have a way to unseat Loki and he'll be more realistic than Loki. He'll be the hero we can understand and not the hero. I mean, the villain we can understand or even be ourselves. So there's a lot to say about the humanity in this character. Yeah. And when he's on the screen and he seems cautious and uncomfortable, I feel a little uncomfortable too because I feel him at a human level. When Loki's in a cell and his mother has just Mm. passed away and he's very, very upset and he's throwing stuff, I feel sad for him. But I don't really feel like I'm Loki, mostly because I'm not hiding myself behind a hologram.
0: Maybe you're not, but metaphorically, aren't you?
2: Every day, aren't we
0: all metaphorically hiding behind Every a hologram? Day. Yeah. No, I, I think that there's definitely a case to be made for Fisk being the best villain of the MCU, and maybe even one of the best comic book screen villains um, to to be seen. I mean, he just and Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, he he brings it with, with Kingpin. He really, really, really does. Um, but who's he up against? He's up against Loki. He's up against Ultron. He's up against Red Skull. Eh. I mean, Red Skull works for the movie he's in. Uh, he's the villain Captain America needs, but he's not, he's the not, villain that Captain
2: America wants. Yeah,
0: he's, he's not what we're getting here with Fisk. Um, are Iron Man villains? I mean, yeah, yeah. Nobody has Abomination, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Loki, I think is probably the closest. And, and my thing is, I like Loki as a villain, but I'm not a real Loki fanboy, uh, compared to what I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, do with, with Loki and, and, some of the memes and stuff
2: that he gets, but I'm just saying this teenage Daniel would have probably thought Loki was the best mature adult. Daniel leans towards Wilson. My thinking
0: is pretty much all of our MCU villains do the job they need to do. They give our hero, the villain that they need for the story that's being told. And in, in, in this case, we needed a villain who could be the counterpoint to Daredevil for 13 episodes. Um, yeah, I, I, so I think the case can definitely be made. Wilson Fisk is the best.
2: You're the best around. Yeah, I shouldn't sing. Yeah, aren't I usually the one who sings? Yeah, you you are. Yeah, But you've got that musical background. Me, I can't even clap in time.
0: I'm just saying, I think you've sung twice now today, but I can't remember if it was when we record.
2: <laughs> Dude, it's the joy of victory. This is how late it is.
0: I can't remember if it's when we're recording this podcast or recording the other podcast for Comic Book Time Machine earlier today. So, Anyway, yeah, I think it's time for our final verdict, Daniel. What do you think?
2: Let's do it. Final verdict.
0: So, how many billy clubs out of Five. Or are we doing 10? I think we're doing five. I think it's five, yeah. How many How many Billy Clubs out of five do you give this episode, Daniel? I'm going to give it a disappointing three. And I'm going with uh, four,
2: three, three and a half. I want to give it like a 2.75 Billy Cubs. I would uh, go with three just, and a it half. It was really slow for me. Again, my viewing experience was probably not the best, but after coming off the highlight of seeing Wilson just go completely like oh this is where we're at this is what we're dealing with to this episode this episode is really bridging us to the next parts of the story versus being the big moment and I understand we need some of that I get it
0: no last episode was the big moment
2: yeah well and there it's hard to follow it up and this is just getting us to the next big moment
0: well I agree somewhat with that however
2: Uh, I think we need this, too. I do I'm just saying I like The Return of the Jedi better than Empire Strikes Back. There, you got me. Okay. Uh, Okay. (laughs) But I'm just saying... Don't turn that light off, okay? You you grilled me hard enough. I admitted it. I actually like Ewoks, so there.
0: (sighs) I'm just saying that we needed this episode um, to get really to build those relationships to see where are these relationships going Claire and Matt foggy and Karen Vanessa and Fisk we needed it uh it's slower it's quieter there is still action but it is very brief uh well filmed but brief and yeah this is this is where you start to feel a little bit more serialized we end on a huge cliffhanger this is the mid-season cliffhanger of daredevil if there was a mid-season i mean it's episode five out of 13 so you could kind of see them doing shorter up front longer end um but yeah this is this is where you say okay building it up we're slow burn slow burn Ooh, now what's gonna happen to your
2: daredevil and I was really curious. They giving me a hard time. Fine. I had a Star Wars. I had the Obi Wan poster, and I had a Return of the Jedi poster that was redeemed through action figures. I didn't have an Empire Strikes Back poster. Fine. Fine. I don't. I don't understand why you're arguing about this. I really, really like Return of the Jedi. Is, it, is there a problem? I'm just saying. Everybody says Empire's the best. It's good. This is the wrong podcast, man. <laughs> this is... but, but for me, this is really what this episode is. This is a bridge. This is, this is, a, is Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. Okay. Yeah, This is taking us from one big moment, which was the Death Star, mm-hmm. to whatever the next big moment is. And maybe the next episode will have that next big moment. Or maybe that'll be Empire Strikes Back Part 2. Because really, at the end, the whole cliffhanger felt like a cliffhanger. It didn't feel like the big moment like with Wilson. No, they ended the last episode.
0: That's exactly what this is. It's it's and I, they didn't necessarily need it too, you know. With with the Netflix model, you don't necessarily need to go into a huge cliffhanger, but but it's not like you had to wait a week. That's just it. I I don't feel like okay, you got to give me a huge cliffhanger to bring me back for the next episode. I'm already in. Now maybe. Th- maybe other people viewing this would, would feel differently um, but when I'm doing a Netflix binge I don't care about the cliffhanger all I want to see is you know what happens next what happens next what happens next so cliffhanger big cliffhanger small this was one though where I did feel like okay I need to right away watch the next one and you in your in your recording said you know I, I've got to go watch the next episode
2: I wonder if I did <laughs>
0: That's what I'm trying to remember.
2: I don't remember. I'm hoping my next phone call will tell me whether or not I did.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, I just want to thank everyone for listening. And we do want to hear, who are you shipping? Are you shipping in, in Daredevil? Have you been shipping? And don't get too much into spoilers for the end of the series. But, you know, some things happen with relationships and some things didn't happen with relationships. But did you find yourself shipping? Uh, you know, wanting to see relationships happen. And did you want to see Matt and Karen together? Um, we don't really talk about this romantic stuff on this, this podcast very much, but it's very much a, a part of the, the fiber of, of this, this series. I guess we did talk about it with May and Ward and Ward and Sky. Oh, and we did talk about it with, uh, with May and, um, what's the doctor's name? The Doctor. And we've
2: talked about it with Fitzsimmons. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we do ship more than... We talk a lot about love, buddy. We do talk a lot about, about relationships love. a lot. More than I thought, but that's okay. Um, and I'm also just curious uh, what you're thinking about the, the series as a whole. Um, again, feedback that we get about Daredevil as a whole that gets into some of the spoilers and stuff of the later episodes. We'll play them. Or we'll read them in those later episodes. But for now, our next episode will be the Ant-Man review. And then we'll be back with episode six, Condemned. So, Daniel, I have said goodbye. It is your turn, my friend.
2: Ben, I've got to admit it. I'm kind of shocked at how little you think we've talked about romance. You know... I've often been all about romance and the ladies often want to speak to me because dude, look at me. I'm delicious.
0: Thanks for listening to welcome to level seven. You've heard us. Now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcome to level slash feedback, where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one 55 level seven. You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level 7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level 7 pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level Seven as a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at Noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at Noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening. And remember, welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast; it's a magical place.
2: All right, Daniel, let's hear it. So, I made you a promise, which was last night I told you I hadn't finished watching, rewatching it yet. Uh huh. So I was going to wake up early, like four thirty early, and watch it because I had like thirty-seven minutes to go.
0: So this is your second watching, your second viewing for this episode.
2: But it's my note-taking viewing, too.
0: Yeah.
2: Woke up at 4.30 this morning, when Mrs. Butcher gets up, fell back asleep (laughs) for an hour and 15 minutes. Which, plenty of time to get to work. Not enough time to watch the episode. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to grab the iPad, I'll take it to work, and over lunch, I'll finish it. It's just 37 minutes, right? Just thirty-seven minutes. Okay. So, pack it up. I noticed when I got on, I ride a train, like an actual train, choo-choo train, to work. Get onto it, and there's this thing that says Wi-Fi. And I, I knew that some of the cars have, cars have Wi-Fi, but not all of them. So I'm like, hey, I should try to watch in the next twenty minutes. Some daredevil. So there I am. You got to imagine me. I'm sitting in this pod pot of four seats that are fa- two facing each other. I got a book bag on my lap because there's already two people in this pod. My lunch, an iPad, and a notebook with a pen going at it. So I look pretty funny. <laughs> okay. But then a fourth person joins us in the pod, and this person knows these two women. Uh. And they start gossiping super loud, like louder than the earbuds in my ears. (laughs) And I get really, really confused because I was pretty sure that they were talking about a husband. But then when they started talking about bad choices, I thought maybe it was a son – But then when they were talking about kenneling him, (laughs) I said to myself, I really need to pay attention. And then at this moment, one of them pinched another one, a grown person pinched another grown person. I'm sorry, man. And I think they were looking at me and seeing me balance an iPad and a notebook on top of my book bag because it's all in my lap. Probably had to look completely funny. I saw them later walking off the train. They were still talking with their hands. And I still had Daredevil to watch.
0: You know how I watched it
2: for my second
0: viewing? I just put the kids to bed and then watched it. Better man than me, Ben Avery. Not as as, as exciting of a story, but all right let's shut this thing down
2: don't pinch me
0: i do not plan to but can i touch your face